that we have an interactive feature with Bible study and that is through a website at www.speakpipe.com that's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com slash Monday Night Bible Study all one word you go there to that webpage and there's a button that you can toggle and you can leave us what would appear to be a voicemail and we'd love to hear from you could be just saying hi or maybe you have a question about Bible study, or maybe you have a comment, or you just want to tell us where you're from. But we'd love to hear from you. could be something good God's doing in your life. So drop us a line, uh, leave us a message, and we'll endeavor to play that at our next Bible study. All right, well, good evening, and welcome to Bible study. Woo-hoo! It's good to see everybody. Uh, we are here in Ziggenshore in Senegal. And uh, excited to be having Bible study tonight yeah. at Shay UCF and Big and Short. And so, uh, hopefully, as we are going through the Bible study, you'll hear uh, different uh, translations that are going on. And so, I will be pausing some in between while I'm teaching uh, to give time for translations. So, we'll begin with prayer. And uh, ask God's blessing on our time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this place to meet. We thank you that, God, you are here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We ask God that you would lead us, you would guide us. We ask you, God, that uh, we would receive your revelation tonight. I pray that you give us understanding. Ask God that you'd be glorified. We give you thanks. Say, have your way. Lead us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody has a Bible. Let's look at First Chronicles chapter five and verse twenty. First Chronicles chapter five and verse twenty. If I could get somebody to read that in Anglais, and then somebody to read that in Francais, or whatever you want to read that in, that'd be great. And as you are going to that place in the Bible, just as a reminder, uh, we have an interactive feature with Bible study uh, through a website at www.speakpipe.com. That's all one word slash Monday Night Bible Study. Uh, you can go to that website and toggle a button and leave us what would appear to be a voicemail. People listen to Bible Study from all over the world and so we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, a comment, just like to say hi, whatever it is, uh, give us, just uh, go to that website at speakpipe.com, Monday Night Bible Study, and leave us a message. Somebody has First uh, Chronicles 5.20. They were helped in fighting them, and God delivered the Haggardies and all their allies into their hands because they cried out to him during the battle. He answered their prayers because they trusted in him. All right, thanks for reading that. Read that in French. La guerre réunienne et tous ceux qui étaient avec eux furent livrés entre leurs leur mains. Car pendant le combat, ils avaient crié à Dieu qui les exauça parce qu'ils étaient confiés en lui. Hein? Yeah. So, in this uh, verse, there's a group of people that are really not described other places in the Bible. The 
uh, Hagarites uh, are considered to be uh, Ishmaelites or Arabs. They'd be who we would call Arabs. And so this group of people were what we would, would be raiders or pirates. And so they would go into the land and they would steal crops and animals and people. So what happened over time is that when they would come to the land and steal from the people, the people became angry. And so what that led to was a war. So the people were fed up, they were angry with the constant stealing and the constant harassment. And so they gathered up an army, they formed an army, and they went into the land of these people and they went to war against them. So at this time you had this group that were settled in Israel. Uh, they were part of the families, part of the tribes of Israel. And then you had the Arabs that lived out in another part of the land that would come in to raid their goods. And so the way that the battle went, the way that the war went, was that the Israelites went out to war against the Arabs and the Bible says that they completely wiped them out. They defeated them. And so, this verse, what it provides for us is a map of how God helped them to defeat their enemy. And so there are principles that we can learn, principles that we can take from this to learn how to defeat our enemies. So the first principle is that God desires to help us in our struggles. He sees the struggles that are before us and He understands what we go through. The Bible tells us that Jesus is touched, that He feels what our infirmities feel like. And the reason is that Jesus lived as a human as we live. So he understands struggle. He understands what it is to live as we live. So because he understands that, he has a heart. He, he has a will to help us. Now the word help in this passage of scripture implies two things. It implies, first of all, an extraordinary courage. So the word, that, that very word, when it's translated in the Hebrew language, means to give courage to. And the idea is that this courage then leads to success. So, so God is willing, God desires to help His people when they struggle. And one of the ways that He helps His people when they struggle is by giving them courage, which that courage then leads to success. 
Now, courage is not normal anymore. We live in a society, we live in a world that is afraid. And because we live in a world that is afraid, to have courage means that we stand out. To live with courage is to live an extraordinary life. And so God wants to help us with that. There are always things that people will be afraid of. There, there have always been things for people to be afraid of. Uh, from the very beginning of, when we see in the beginning of the Bible, all, all the way up to this point, there were many things that people could be afraid of during that time. God's people had been taken captive in Egypt. David had faced a giant. And there were many times that God's people were in peril, that they were in danger. And so they had many opportunities to be afraid. The opportunity for fear is always with us. But in those times, God wants to give us courage. God wants us to be different. God desires that others would look at us and see something different about us. Something that they may not understand, but they know is different. That we are not afraid. We do not fear what other people fear. Because we serve a God who gives us courage. And that courage will lead us to success. It's important that this verse says God helps us. Because it implies that we have a part in this. That we have choices to make. That we have things that we must do, actions that we must take. And that's very important to remember. Because the, the Word of God and life with God isn't just talk. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it is a matter of power. It says anybody can talk. And they can talk about courage and they can talk about whatever they'd like to talk about. But action, action is what matters.
And so this courage somehow needs to translate into action in our life. That we don't just talk courageously, but we live courageously. And it's the life of courage that does lead to success. The Bible says that God helps us when we cry out. And it's important that we cry out. Because when we cry out, we're asking Him for something. And we're recognizing a need. When the Israelites became angry about the Arabs raiding their homes, they had a choice to make. And they could talk about being angry. They could talk about going and defeating their enemy. Or they could form an army and actually go and do it. So when they made the decision to go and to do something about it, they recognized that they were going to need God's help. And so they cried out to God. And so God answered them. And He helped them. And it's interesting that things were neither going their way or not going their way. It's important to cry out to God at any time. But I believe it's especially important to cry out to God when things don't seem to be going our way. Because at those times we make a choice. And the choice is either we become discouraged and we give up or we cry out to God for help and we continue forward. Things don't always seem to go our way. And that's life. And so we need the courage to continue on. We need God's help to continue on. And so it's important in those times to cry out for His help. Because this was during the battle. They had made a choice to go and to do battle against their enemy. And it's not surprising that their enemy fought back. Most of the time when we go to battle against an enemy, our enemy is going to fight back. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. We should be ready for that. We, we should have a plan for that. And so expecting and knowing that we will have to fight puts us in a position to ask God for His help. So God, I need Your help. God, I need your help before the battle. 
God, I need your help during the battle. God, I need your help if I'm winning. And God, I need your help if I'm losing. Well, we need His help at all times. We serve a God that answers prayer. There's a qualifier on that. And the qualifier is, is the word in, in English is the word because. God answers prayer because we trust in Him. So in other words, this cannot be just about our words. But there needs to be a real trust in our heart. There needs to be a real expectation in our heart. And the expectation is that God is really with us. That God is really loving us. That God is really looking out for our best interests. And that He wants the best for us. If we can't have that in our hearts, then our prayers are words. I can't say that God is a miracle-working God. Unless I believe and I see miracles. In other words, there has to be some reality to the things that I say that I believe. So my faith has to have some action. It's as I said at the beginning. We, we cry out for God's help. But there's an action on our part. We say, well, we pray for God's help. But is there action on our part? There needs to be action on our part. that our words will have to translate into some kind of a movement in our life. Now think about how do we build trust? It's through our it's through our time with people. It's through our conversation with people. And it's through our actions with one another. In other words, I serve you, you serve me. I sacrifice for you, you sacrifice for me, I give you my time, you give me your time, and what happens is that there's a trust over time that's built 
through our lives together. Trust is never only a matter of talk. The trust is built through our actions with each other. And the same is true with God. But that involves His action toward us. But that also involves our action toward Him. And so the combination of those two builds a trust between us. When our faith becomes only a matter of ritual and talk, there is no life in that and there is no power in that. But that leads to death. Religion only, religion only leads to death. That's why we must have a living relationship. We must have a relationship that's based on more than just words. Which means that sometimes we must put ourselves in a position where we must exercise our faith. (coughs) If we stay comfortable and we don't exercise our faith, then the opportunity to build trust is not there. But trust is built when we take action. Where we step away from the place that is comfortable and we cry out to God for His help. He sees us trust Him. Because He sees us step away from what is comfortable. He sees us step away from what we believe we can control. And we find ourselves in a situation where we must depend on Him. There is faith. And there is trust. Because our actions say, we trust you, God. And He meets us in that place. And it said, the Bible says He answers our prayers because we trust. So that place of trust is often uncomfortable. But it is the place where faith is possible. That's the place where we learn to trust. But you have to make that decision. 
you have to take that step. <coughs> you have to move beyond where you're comfortable. And move into a place of trust. That could be stepping out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Allowing God to use you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It could be you sharing your faith with people around you. It could be being baptized in public. It could be refusing to participate in certain activities. There are many things in our life that could be places where faith is possible. But we must have the courage to live in those places. To step into those areas. To overcome the fear that keeps us in the same place all the time. So God is ready to answer our prayers. But we need to find ourselves in that place where faith is possible. So when we learn to trust Him, there's a few ways that we see that manifest in our lives. We see, we trust Him in His power. So we see His power in our life in certain areas. We see His power through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see His power in miracles and signs and wonders. We see His power in boldness, to be bold in our faith. We see His power in when we share our faith with those around us. Sometimes we see His power manifest through the gifts flowing through us, like speaking in tongues. Through our, through our intercession, through our prayer, and through our witness and testimony to the people around us, our life. We also trust in His oversight. That He leads us. It's important to understand that we can't just talk about Him leading us. People have thought of many ways to convince themselves that God is leading them in the things that they want to do. But the truth of the matter is is that there are times 
when God says to do this, but we don't want to do that. We want to do something else. And trust is that we abandon our desire for His. That, that we will deny what we want to accept what He wants. And that is trust. It's trust because we believe that He knows more than we do. We believe that He is smarter. We believe that He is more intelligent. We believe that He knows more. That He has seen more. That He has more experience. And we believe that He loves us and wants the best for us. All of us have experienced times in our life where something we wanted has been destructive for our life. All of us know that not all of our desires are good. We know that just because we want something doesn't mean it's the right thing. Because that has been proven more than once in our lives. We know that. So learning to accept that Learning to understand that, learning to know that our desire is not always good, is important in accepting what God has for us. That when God speaks, or God shows, or God reveals, his will that we can trust that we know that that is the best for us. That there is nothing better that we're going to think of. There's nothing better that we're going to figure out there's nothing better than what He has for us. And that's His oversight. And that's trusting His oversight. That He sees far in front of us. He sees behind us. He sees to the sides of us. And He leads us into the best. And so when we trust in Him, we trust His power, and we trust His oversight, then we're not trusting in our own strength. We're not trusting in our own intelligence, and we're not trusting in our own skill. Because ultimately, God is better than all we have to offer. So God hears their prayer. 
And, the, and so we know that He receives their prayer because they trust in Him. In the same way, He hears us. And in the same way, He receives our prayer. Because we trust in Him. So, we have put ourselves in a place where faith is possible. And so we exercise that faith in our prayer. And we serve a God who we serve a God who answers us. When my mother was alive, I prayed for her. When she was young, she grew up with a faith. Her father was a pastor of a church, but she had walked away from God. And, and so when I was young, we did not go to church. And she was very hurt and angry. And so she made a vow, a promise not to go to church anymore. And so I prayed for her. But then when I would see her, I would talk with her. So from the time when I became a Christian, I was 19 years old. I would pray for her and I would talk to her. And this was a process that went on for many years. For almost 30 years, I was praying for her and talking to her. At some point, she had gotten cancer. And uh, she was going to have it removed. It was in her throat. And so they were going to remove her voice box and she would never speak again. So I drove her to the hospital. And we sat in the car. And I asked her, I said, Mom, are you ready to pray? And so, she looked at me and didn't say anything at first, but then she answered, yes, I'm ready to pray. And so, we prayed in the car that morning.
And I recorded her voice. And that's the last recording of her voice that there was. But that moment was a culmination, was the sum of 30 years of prayer. But not just prayer, but it was prayer in action. <coughs> so God answered, He heard, He received, and He answered that prayer. My job, my work, was not to give up. My job was to keep going forward. My job was to trust that God's time was good and right. See, I wanted I wanted that to happen twenty years or twenty five or twenty nine years before. That was my will. But that's not his will. And and I needed to trust that his will and his time was better than mine. But the end result, the end result was victory. But the first year I prayed, I couldn't see that victory yet. Only in faith. Only in trust. And the second year, and the third year, and the tenth year, and the fifteenth year, and the twentieth year, and the twenty-fifth year, and the twenty-ninth year, I still didn't see it. Only in faith. Only in trust. But then, but then, there was victory. And ultimately, that's what God has for us. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not let fear, do not let doubt be victorious. But let faith and let trust rule the day. Because as we take those steps of faith, as we continue to put ourselves out in a place where faith is possible, as we find ourselves in situations that people don't understand, And maybe some people disagree with. Yeah. 
Maybe even some people think we're a little bit crazy. <laughs> Just a little. Those are the places where God moves. In the Bible, those are the places where God moved. And that are the, those are the places where God's going to move in our lives. I meet Christians that tell me that they are bored. And I've only found the boring life to be when we're not doing anything. Where we're not putting ourselves out in a place where faith is even possible. People who live in fear. People who live in doubt. People who live without challenge. People who do nothing are bored. But God has more. He has life. And He has life that's abundant. But that is the life of faith. And that is the life of trust. In this passage tonight, these people had enemies. And they could have made a choice to allow those enemies to continue to steal from them. They could have said, oh, take a little bit, we'll be okay. They could have lived in fear. And they could have just lived and let live. In other words, they could have just gotten along. But they said, no, we, we will go and we will stop this. And so they went, they took a step of faith. They asked God for His help. He gave them courage. And they went and they wiped out their enemy. They went in His power. They went in His strength. They went in His will. And his time, and they had the victory. Some victories come quickly, and some victories take time. It's where our heart is that matters. That, that I will stand in courage. I will stand in faith and I will stand in trust and I will see the victory. Anybody have anything you want to question or anything you want to say? something, they do it. Right. Because a lot of my life, people said things and just empty words. And that meant a lot, of, you know, big thing. Just in a culture of whatever you say you do? Yep. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. 
And, you know, we even see that here in this culture. You know, people say things that have not done or don't. We say something, we really work hard to do it. Right. And that builds relationships. Right. Because it's unusual. Anybody else? I think we, uh, we kind of build and maintain the strength or the courage to do it by finding the opportunity to do it all the time. Right. Like, it's not always, like, a life-threatening situation, seemingly, but you practice it in the small things every day, then every, it doesn't seem overwhelming when you do it, because, oh, I've done this before, it just looks differently, I've done this before, it looks differently, and so you, you have established a pattern. Right. But if you shrink back, it always seems overwhelming. Right. And so the, the trick is to stay on the forward movement and remember that. Right. Like a, I would liken it to jumping off a height. Just do it. Right. Don't hesitate. Right. Yeah, I, I find it really encouraging that God wants to do things for us. He wants to answer our requests in that. That, yeah, we need to be consistent and trust to keep going. So, but it's encouraging, like, with the end result can be people's way to get out. Right. Just keep going. Yeah. Almost every great success story in the world is somebody who's kept going. <laughs> All right. Laura, we're going to close in prayer, all right? Or is there a question? Right. Yeah, I mean, I was just telling them every great success story is just somebody who didn't give up. They didn't quit. Everyone. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for meeting with us tonight. Uh, We thank you that you are here. And we thank you, God, for your word. We ask that that we would respond to you. Uh, We would respond to your word. I ask you, God, that we would be a people that would stay strong. uh, That as we make our requests known to you, you desire to help us. We want to say thank you for the courage that you give a supernatural and extraordinary courage that you pour out on your people. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that it's that courage that leads to success. And so we cry out. We cry out when things are good. We cry out when things are bad. We cry out, cry out when it looks like we're winning. We cry out when it looks like we're losing. But in the midst of the battle that we're in, we cry out. We need you. We receive of you. We trust in you. We trust in your will. We trust in your purposes. We trust in the power that you have for our lives. We turn away from our will. We turn away from our own strength. And we take hold. Take hold of the power that you give. So God, tonight, thank you for the victory. Thank you for your victory. However long it takes, however long it takes, we thank you for your victory. We give you thanks and praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's agree by saying amen. 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 UCF of Syracuse is a relational gathering of diversity in action. Economics, education, employment, background, and culture span the spectrum as we gather for the purpose of life in Christ. You know, me and Christ are homies. That's good. He's really cool, mm-hmm. you know? He's super close, yo. Your homeboy? Yeah. All right. Anyways, so musicians, writers, painters, 
You know, my cousin's a painter. Yeah? What do you paint? Houses. Oh, man. My cousin, your cousin should hook up. Yeah. So, yeah, painters and other artists express their work through the body of life of this faith community. Like the comunidad. Yeah, see, there's a lot of people. Yeah. Started in 1997. That's a long time ago, yo. That's back in the day. That was before I had my eyebrows tattooed on there. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As an outgrowth of chaplaincy of Syracuse University, UCF continues to gather in the Westcott neighborhood of Syracuse. Oh, me and my homegirls, we walk up and down there all the time. I know, that's our hood. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's in Syracuse, New York, to share the love and hope of Christ. Again, we we homies. Yeah. 